Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are we live? We're live. Just kidding, everybody. I knew we we're live. Hello and welcome into a new week on the podcast opening kickoff here. First, we have myself, Peyton Gerard. I know you're unfamiliar. You're wondering why am I the one leading this off? Well, you see, when people don't want to step up and lead, I will step up and do that for this podcast. Um, and you haven't been introduced yet. You guys can't talk until I introduce you. That's the rules, right? That's the rules. So, um, with that being said, I want to welcome you all. Hope you guys are having a great week thus far. I would like to first bring in a dear friend, a guy who's been here from the beginning, started it, an OG, Dave Steinwell, everybody. Dave, how are you today? I was good until you took a shot at me right at the beginning of this podcast. It was an unnecessary shot at me, and you know it was, but what was I'm the doing shot? well. What was, was the shot? That I, that I didn't step up. That I didn't step up and and take the reins. I do it every week. You said you, for everybody to know, we have a group chat where we discuss this every week. What we want to do, who do we want to have on, and I, I looked at Peyton and Peyton goes, I have a run, I have a rundown. I'll come up with. I won't tell you guys what it is, and you won't know until we do the show. And I was like, okay, I. We were working on getting some guests. Some things fell through. I looked at Peyton. I think yesterday. I'm sorry, but your time is up. We have to move on to the next person. <laughs> um, next, uh, the great guest. I want not guest. The next partner of mine here, uh, guy, another OG, been here forever. Does a hell of a job. I respect his opinion. I, you know, I always monitor where he's at with his own sports teams. Kind of subtly root for him because you know they're not against me. Brandon Stevens, everybody. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the for the great introduction. Uh, you know, <laughs> I like how we kind of <laughs> cut Dave out of here at the beginning. You know, I like I like where the podcast is at at, at this current moment. I, I One like, minute out of your time. Yeah, yeah, this is great. <laughs> oh, is that is that how we're doing it? Okay, so I'm I get like brownie points. Oh, okay, okay, saying, okay. You know. <laughs> I could take a hint. Now I got you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm just. I will say this. It wasn't that no one wanted to step up. There was a hesitation in which mm. direction we should go. A hesitation okay. that okay. this group usually doesn't have a hesitation. We have usually multiple options. But to be honest, it was a slow sports week. It was very slow. And, you know, it probably revolves in with what was going on the actual news and, like, what's going on in the world. Um, but, like, it was rather slow. So, you know, I – I felt like there was – and we were doing a huge draft thing, like, the following week, so it's kind of hard to do both, like, two weeks in a row. But I, I think I have a good show prepared for us. And, you know, it's going to be a little off topic. We're going we're gonna to dive into some interesting discussions here. And uh, I, I'm excited to see where we go with this. I'm fine with it because 
Sunday, we will have a new pot. So this pot will come out tomorrow mm-hmm. when we tape this on Thursday. Sunday, we tape our big two-round mock draft special. Everybody's excited for it. We got a, a great group of people that are going to be the GMs. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I was told today, is available for a trade-up. As the Texans are not involved in these first two rounds. I was told by the GM of that team that Deshaun Watson is available for any team that is looking for a quarterback. So just putting that out there in our mock draft special that Deshaun Watson is available. But back to you, Peyton. Okay. Well, actually, you've jumped the gun and you tried to take over my spot. I'm actually going to throw it right back to you (laughs) for to hear from our sponsors and uh, take it away. Yeah, our friends at Thrive Fantasy come prop up on Thrive Fantasy. The season Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. NBA winding down. MLB just getting fired up. We got the PGA going on as well. Choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Thrive as new contests for each day of the PGA tournaments. So don't sweat. If your golf your golfer's ruining your weekend by not making the cut, they've awarded over 1.4 million in prizes since launching in 2018. And during football season, at 50,000 in guaranteed prizes for the NFL weekly. Use promo code KICKOFF when you sign up today and you'll receive an instant $50 bonus on your first deposit of 20 of uh, 20 bucks or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and hashtag prop up today and back to our host Peyton Gerard all right so I'm going to start this off with um, something that I went into so I discovered recently that I have HBO Max for free it's the only good thing that Spectrum has ever done for me because it's a piece of shit TV provider (laughs) now with that being said I finally watched the Tiger documentary I think we talked about this briefly, but I don't think any of us like watched it. I don't know if you guys have watched it. Uh, uh, I've I ended up watching. I think the second half. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see it in its entirety. Okay, but you've seen. I mean, if you've seen even thirty minutes of it, you get the gist of it. Right. I came out. You know, want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Would have heard about it. That was nothing short of a hit piece. Nothing short of it. There is nothing positive about it. Like, when you bring in the National Enquirer, people who are mistresses, people who are his kindergarten teacher, haven't talked to the guy in over 20, 30 years, like, it's just a hit piece. You can call it whatever you want, but, like, I took away from it. It just, it felt like they brought in people. They didn't talk to anybody, like, close to him today. Talk to people he's talked to like 10, 15 years ago when he was in a weird place. And they painted like he grew up in this horrible family where his dad was an alcoholic. You know, he was sleeping around. His mom beat him. Look, maybe those things happen, but I'm sure the guy had a decent childhood. I mean, he would like it was. Uh, and I, my point when I'm getting to you is what your guys takeaway was from what you saw. But I just felt like I'm watching this whole thing. And it was just pissing me off because when they finally got to the golf and the crazy shit he did, like the amazing stuff. It was like 10 minutes and they moved on to like his having sex with like a billion strippers. And it's like, 
what you just like skipped like ten years of golf of him becoming the goat when like leading up like think about like I thought about this is what I really took away from it. I remember watching LeBron James more than a game. He, they talked about he was a child prodigy. They go through all of this growing up. You know, it's tough and stuff. And they talk to people who were involved in his life in a positive light, you know, and handling that pressure of, like, being a prodigy, and he lived up to it. I wish it was more of like that. And I may, I'm a Tiger stan in that sense, but, like, still, like, the guy, that was, like, what, how many years ago? Over 10 years ago now that he that whole scandal came out? Like, it's his, it, first off, it's his fucking business what he wants to do. We made it our business. And that, and then we correlated him doing all that to like him being like a bad golfer for that stint. But it was really his back just gave. That was going to happen whether those things happen or not. And I hate that we like tie those together. So I'll pass it to one of you guys if you have any take on it. Now, yeah. now that you uh, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get that LeBron James type story. Because of the sport that it is, right? And because of the audience that this sport is is catered to. I mean, we see the response to people whenever, you know, Tiger has something going on outside of golf. You know, we see how, how people treat that. So it was to no surprise, to me at least, that, you know, these are the things that they decide to do when you put out, you know, this documentary, which is, you know... It is, but it isn't. You know, I'm with you that this was really more of a hit piece than anything else. Um, but but it wasn't surprising because this is what they do when it comes to him. You you'll never see anybody else that is, you know, so prestigious in that sport just looked at in that light. Like you'll never see anybody else like that. It's always him. It's you know, it's going to be him. Until there's another guy that looks like him and plays like him and gets to that, you know, is on that pedestal like he is, you're never going to see something like that again. Yeah. I, I think the reason it's a hit piece is because the people within the sports world know tiger for his accomplishments. Like the three of us, we sit here, we know what tiger has done sport wise, but you talk to somebody that's not a big sports fan, not in the golf in any sort of way. And you talk about tiger woods, they're going to immediately go to, Oh, that was the guy strung out, drunk, hitting on strippers, cheating on his wife, and kids and got in a car accident. That is Tiger Woods. I, I know Wi Fi is a little hit or miss, but that's Tiger Woods that to the common person, everybody knows. Where everybody, like the three of us, we look at him in a different light because we saw the accomplishments. And so HBO makes the hit piece because the more juicy part to the general public is the scandals it's the what happened off the court off the field that's why like even the last dance which came out a year ago that was the next point what were some of the things that we saw in the in the documentary in the last dance 
It was Jordan wasn't a good teammate. Jordan had a gambling problem. Why? Because this was all stuff that at the time was reported that the common person was caring about. On top of Michael Jordan was a worldwide phenomenon, Tiger Woods wasn't just because golf doesn't carry the weight that it once did. Now, you had sports fans that would tune in when Tiger was doing well on Sundays and wearing the red, but I don't think you, Becky Sue, who just watches reality TV on Sunday afternoon to go, Tiger Woods is in contention, I need to go watch. But exactly. they'll turn they'll turn on Access Hollywood in a heartbeat, and if the lead story is Tiger Woods, that's what they'll care about is the scandal and not the Tigers in contention on Sunday, and I need to go watch it. Oh, I need to go get all the information about the scandal because I care more about that. And it isn't a knock on those type of people, but that's where HBO was trying to placate to those people as opposed to placating the sports fan that sits there and goes, yeah, okay, all these sports celebrities have their faults. We're not taking that away from them. But we want to know about the man, the player. It's like, and, and I'll wrap up after this. We're going to have the Tom Brady, and we're going to have conversations about Tom Brady and the cheating, and probably the 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 diet, and there's probably some stuff in his personal life that we're going to find out about that isn't appealing. But the three of us are going to want to sit there and know about Tom Brady, the player and get the inside on Tom Brady, the player. We're not going to care as much about the scandal, but the main, there's a section of an audience that will only tune in to hear the scandals, to hear the juicy parts. Yeah, but I I do think the thing is, like, even the gambling thing with Michael Jordan, they they didn't attack him on it, like, in that documentary. Like, and it wasn't a major part of that. Like, that episode it was, but, like, the majority of the old documentary didn't focus on that. They talked about, you know, he was a tough guy, all that stuff. And, like, you think about, like, Tiger Woods, like, yeah, like, he was tough on himself. Like, that his, how his dad was. They were tough. Like, they should have, like, I feel like how many tournaments he's won is absurd. How many majors he's won. Like, the career grand slam, and he held all four titles at once. Like, they just brushed over it. Like, they didn't even talk about, like, you know, what went into that, like how he practiced, like that would be stuff I'd be more interested in. Like, what was that work ethic like during that time? You know what I mean? Like those things. My, my biggest issue with the whole thing was they talked about it very briefly, like his charity, his charity has sent so many kids to school and like so much, like done so much down in Florida and like the most of the U S and they didn't even talk about that shit. They won't like it's and exactly. And it's crazy because like, that is a major part that he does. Like, he focuses, like, at this point in his career, I know a lot of people say, like, you know, he tries to still win majors and stuff like that, and that's probably should be his goal. But, like, he puts a lot of time into that charity and, like, the Tiger Woods Foundation and, like, getting kids out and playing golf and, like, you know, even getting them just through school if, even if they don't care about golf. And it's, like, the guy's done a lot of good. And, like, the bad doesn't really affect anybody else. It only affects, like, him and his personal life. And it but doesn't like all weigh the good in this situation either. Exactly. They, they painted it like he was dead and he killed a bunch of people at one point. I was thinking, I'm like, you would have thought this guy murdered people. 
you would have thought I would have thought I was watching literally an OJ documentary. Like I was like at one point I was like they are treating this guy like he's done the worst possible thing he could do. And I mean like like I said I'm not condoning like what he did or anything like that, but it it's just wild. It's just I, absolutely wild. I think the question that we all have to ask ourselves at the end of his career, whether that is as soon as he's fully able to walk again and be healthy after this car accident, I think the question a lot of sports fans and people in, in, in general will have to ask themselves, what will Tiger Woods be more remembered for? Sports fans, the obvious answer is going to be all the majors, how successful and dominant he was in golf. But I, the perception outside of the sports world, I think, will always be with Tiger Woods about the scandals. The, the, the first one and now this most recent one, which, again, he didn't do anything wrong this time, but it's another another thing. So Tiger Woods to the sports world is remember, will be remembered as one thing. Outside the sports world, he will be remembered as a totally different person. And that's where when you make documentaries about a guy like that, I think it gets muddy and it gets complicated because you have to placate to both sides. Now, I agree with you. They went way too heavy on the scandal side. There was yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But I think that was too much placating to the non-sports fan. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I, just, I, I think it's just like you, test. at what point does it not matter how you're perceived outside of the sports right? Like, if, you, if your whole point of playing this sport, like, I'm sure Tiger Woods' whole point of playing this sport was to not really, you know, impress other people, but it's to leave a legacy in this sport. You can't say you know you can't talk about golf and not talk about tiger like I, and i think that's that's just important enough like i people are going to talk about whatever they want to talk about, right like you know people enjoy drama you see it on television it's, it's race them it's there so there, there's no way to get around it people just they love it so yeah, we have to, to ask yourself, you know, what do I care about? I care about how you've never watched a, a golf match in their entire life, golf tournament in their entire life care. Same I care about the people, you know. It, it, it. Brandon, your it's mic is yeah, yeah, your mic is say. we're losing you here as oh. you were talking. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I I I like could hear parts of it, and I was falling, and then I was just filling in the blank. It was it was like you you'd start talking, and all of a sudden, it, 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 and you start talking again, and it, 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 it. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> well, I think whatever Brandon said is probably a great point, <laughs> and I I will I will end it with this that I would encourage somebody. 30 for 30, whoever did the last dance, consider making a Tiger Woods documentary at some point when I, he's officially done. I, like, If I'm not mistaken, done. if I'm not mistaken, ESPN made one. And it came out right about the time that 
the HBO one did. If I'm, uh, I, I might be they wrong. Made, they made one about the Masters. They made one about the 2019 Masters. It wasn't like the whole. It was just well, about like how he won that. I also feel like somebody's got it. It might be a 30 for 30, but somebody else is creating. Because there's a whole buzz like HBO's got one and somebody else, and I think it was ESPN, has a documentary. Not like The Last Dance, but more closer to what a 30 for 30 would be. Was I was hearing that someone else has one in the process of being made. Yeah. Could be true. But I'll digress, and I'll move on to uh, my next topic here. Again, I apologize. It was a slow week in sports, but it is, you know, kind of preparing for the the draft coming up, and I think you know, not a lot's going on in the NBA and all that, and just slow overall. But um, today I saw, and I added this kind of late, but we talked about it last week, Devontae Smith and, like, his weight and all that and all of his issues. And he finally got weighed in. I think he weighed in at six foot, maybe six foot one at 166. And people were, like, you know, kind of bagging on him and trashing him and stuff like that. And I think it was you, Brandon, last week. You mentioned, like, Ojo Cinco played – the front end of his career, like at like 170, 175. And like, I just think my question really is to you guys is how big of a deal is this at this point versus are we just like making shit up right now to talk? Because that's how I feel about it. Like the dude played at Alabama. He didn't play at Georgia, you know, Georgia Tech. He didn't play at UTEP. He didn't play at North Texas. He played at Alabama dominate and stuff like that so like how big of a thing right now all these stories that are going to come out this week leading up to it like wait stuff like that how big of an impact do you think that actually matters in these decisions that these guys are going to be making for their franchises uh i i think i don't think it matters as much to the decision makers as long as there's no medical red flags like and he's he hasn't been injured. He doesn't have chronic injuries. I was reading today that Terrence Marshall apparently has some injuries that have concerned teams from the combine that they did, the medical combine they did a couple weeks ago. Like that's the stuff that I think concerns them. At 160 pounds, if you're bulked up at 160, it doesn't matter. Like Chad Ochocinco was bulked up at 160. Devontae Smith gets in a pro weight room, gets bulked up in time for the season, it isn't going to matter. But to the point that you've said since we started this podcast, there's not much to talk about right now. Everybody is trying to make something, make a story to talk about. We had the the Ravens with the press conference Monday talking about how Eric DeCosta is insulted by his young receivers. That's gotten run two days in a row on the national media landscape. So this is going to run for two days because we're looking for something to talk about. There's not much going on right now. We're looking to make a story. This makes a story because we're not used to seeing wide receivers play at 160 pounds, but he's got a six foot six. I don't know about you guys, but I think you can just throw the ball up to a guy that's got a 6'6 wingspan, and he's going to make catches no matter his frame because he's got the ability to get away from a defender. But we are just so desperate right now to make a story 
that that's why Devontae Smith, this is going to be something that is talked about. And you will probably have a team in all reality that takes Devontae Smith off their board because they hear it and they're like, oh, I don't want to be that team. Boy, I don't want to get this one wrong. I can't draft Devontae Smith because of his size. I got to go elsewhere. So here's the here's the crazy part, right? Is Devontae Freeman or Devontae Freeman? Devontae Smith is not even the lightest receiver in his draft class. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Tutu Atwell's coming in at 5'8", 149. So, I mean, if anything, if anything's going to be a story, it's going to be that. I mean, that's the he would be the lightest, if he's drafted, would be the lightest receiver drafted since 1999. So, Who's, who was drafted in 1999? Uh, I, it didn't say the player name, but I mean, it's going to happen. Somebody's going, you know, somebody's going to panic and take him off their draft boards. It's just going to happen. So that's but, my next question. I'm going to pivot into this. How many of these stories do you think are spinned and like released by other teams? Oh, to try that- to. to to try to how like how let's say this in the first round at least how hard do you think some teams try and devote their time say these last two weeks to try to change change the mold and the thing because i've been thinking about the justin fields thing a lot like i feel like it's weird we've been nagging on him a lot and i saw the whole playbook doesn't know how to read stuff story come up again today like how you know how uh, how much do you think that is like a thing, like right now? Oh, there's for sure game gamesmanship going on. I mean, if I like and there's a guy ahead of me that I know likes him, I'm gonna try to sway that guy's opinion no matter what. And the other and every team has different people that they're listening to, but those guys are everybody's in communication. Let's not act like. These teams don't have an idea what the other team is doing. Like the Pittsburgh, the Baltimore Ravens have an idea what Pittsburgh might be doing or what Buffalo might be doing. Why? Because they know the same people that the reporters are talking to. And in fact, they probably have better conversations than the ones that the reporters have with the individuals that they get their sources from. So these conversations are happening. Absolutely. I would be telling. Peyton right now, if the Ravens needed a running back and he was working with the Steelers, like, you know, yeah, I, my medical guy brought me something on Najee Harris that, that, that bothers me here a little bit. And I'm just doing you the courtesy of telling you, hey, there's something about this guy that kind of bothers me. Like, word of mouth gets around to the other team. So uh, there's absolutely gamesmanship going on. And and the Niners are the, the classic example of it. They're uh, we like Trey Lance. We like Justin Fields. We like Mac Jones. Why are you doing that? Because you want Atlanta and some of these other teams to drop out of a quarterback race. You wanted Atlanta to say, all right, well, we're trade back because it doesn't look like our guy's going to be there. And if they like Justin yeah. Fields, they're going, well, shit, it sounds like the Niners are drafting Justin Fields. We're, we're just going to drop back because we don't like the other quarterback options. And there's such a gamesmanship here being played i don't know how brandon feels but absolutely there's yeah things happening 
I, and I feel the same way. I mean, you see it every year. It, teams are going to run different stories to try to make this guy look less appealing to the team in front of them because they want him. I mean, it's a nonstop like cycle. This this goes on each and every year. Teams do it. It's just the way that they. Um, it's just it's just what they do, right? Like it's it's really the only option that you have to to attempt to draft these guys if you can't trade up in front of this team. Like, I mean, it, it, it's not just like a football practice. You see it in a lot of things. Like, uh, you know, you, you'll see it in everyday life. They'll run a story on somebody. Uh, you know, this is a, a damning story on them. So they can't get, you know, this position somewhere, like can't get accepted into this place. And then they come and get swooped up by, you know, some some other some other team or some other business or something like that. It's 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 a common practice just in everyday life. But like when you when you're a sports fan and you see it in sports, you, it kind of rubs you the wrong way because it's like we know why you're doing this. And like, I really wish you would stop. <laughs> yeah. I just I just think about it and it, it looks like you know, sometimes it looks meticulous and like planned and so so strategic on how these things happen. And it's just you know, and I know like when guys are talking, like when the draft's actually going on, guys are like saying, Why didn't you draft him? Like you were supposed to draft that guy and they're you know, they're playing that mind game and they're gonna try to trade up later on and move back in to get that guy. And stuff like that. I just find it so interesting, like teams, like how they go about it. I would love to see how they, how a team actually, like, if they're able to, like, you know, release it like ten years later and like show what that draft room did. It would be very interesting to see something like that. Like you saw, I mean, in that in the movie Draft Day, like they kind of like show like an aggressive approach to probably what that looks like, and like, but I, I mean, it has to be somewhat accurate of how they go about it. Um. So I mean that's all that's all I have on that matter, Dave. <laughs> I, Do you have anything else to add? I'll close. I'm asking you just for a closing statement here. No, but, I mean there there's gamesmanship, and we're we're just desperate right now to make a story, have something to talk about because there's there's not much going on. I mean there's no free agency because everybody's like, well we'll we'll revisit free agency after the draft. I do want to ask you, Peyton. Because we've heard this discussion, and we'll get into it much more on the podcast Sunday when we do our mock draft special. But I wanted to ask you as the Steeler fan, do you think the Steelers should draft Big Ben's replacement in either the first round or the second round? Or do you think you can wait a year? Because I think that's what you de- you have to debate if you're the Steelers. Do you want to wait one more year? I'm going to get comfy for this one. So I've thought about this. The only situation that I'm okay with, us trade, like, you know, drafting a quarterback in the first or second round, is if it is Trey Lance or Justin Fields. And those guys would have to fall tremendously to 24. Like, they would just have to fall so hard. But those would be, like, the only two. Because I know Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence are just gone. 
And I think Justin Fields is gone, but shit. If how they're talking about this guy actually works out, he may drop. He could be that guy that's sitting in the draft room, you know, in New York or wherever they're doing it this year. And like literally just sitting there in the green room over and over and over and they pan and they pan and no one wants him. No one's calling. I would love for Mike Tomlin to jump on that. Love for it. But I very, I don't see us drafting any type of quarterback this draft. I think, you know, we have, we have our backup set. We have Mason. We have Josh Dobbs, who we re-signed for a year. Guys who at least have some experience. Mason Rudolph, to me, is he is what he is. He's a five, he, can, he can make a game interesting for about five games of a season, and then his true colors will show. And Josh Dobbs, I mean, the guy's incredibly smart. You know, he has played in games, but, you know, I don't think he's a solid number two backup. But we've already decided we're going to roll with Ben this year. I think there's other guys you can get next year. And let's say it goes really bad. You could trade. You get rid of guys. You move up. I mean, probably, I'd say, who's probably the number one guy right now, right now next year? Sam Howe, probably. I Sam Howe's probably the one that I would think of. I don't can't think of many, will, any others. I will not. And I will desperately, I will not hear any Trubisky UNC talk when that guy comes out because that guy's an absolute dog. You don't go toe to toe with Notre Dame and Clemson at playing for UNC, like, and like you don't get. I don't let. I don't. I'm not gonna let that comparison be a thing. But Sam Howe is like up there. Um. So I mean. I don't. I can't think of everyone that would be up for the draft next year off the top of my head, like quarterback wise. But I would just wait. I honestly, I'd rather them. The route I would rather them go is find someone that is going to be a free agent, relatively young, and can continue like a longevity type of thing that needs a little improvement, like Dwayne Haskins. I mean, you you you'll roll your eyes, but I mean, you have him there. Give him because look. We had this conversation when Dwayne Haskins signed there. Like, if he doesn't make it with the Steelers, he's out of the league. Yes. So maybe, and just hear me out, maybe they bring in Dwayne Haskins. He he matures a little bit because we know that was the big knock on him. And maybe, like you're talking about, there's your guy to replace Big Ben. I mean, he's got the size. He's got just as capable of an arm as Ben Roethlisberger. But, again... You have a lot of questions. Maybe, maybe right now in his career, at this moment, at this moment. Here, I, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, and I'll I'll have an answer for you, you after this. Dwayne, who's better right now at this exact moment, Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph? Who are you playing in a football game? Can I play? <laughs> yeah, no. I was gonna say, is there a third <laughs> option? I would take Dwayne Haskins. I've seen That's enough crazy. out of him. I just, I've seen I would, enough out of. I would, I've seen Mason Rudolph at least win seven games for us and compete with a bunch of backups against a Cleveland team that, you know, should have won the AFC North last year. Yeah, but the talent that was on Pittsburgh is better than what we saw Dwayne Haskins have in Washington. So that that's a tough comparison to make. Okay. I would but, off the intangibles I, I've seen, I would go Dwayne Haskins. But Terry Heineke made it look easy against Tom Brady. With those same guys. I, I don't think you see, and here's what I don't like about that, right? 
Because I don't think you. I, I'm reaching. I'm reaching. I will. I'm, I'm absolutely. Yeah. I'm to like, yeah. I'm trying to lawyer him and like corner him in this spot he's dug himself in. Yeah, because people have been talking about that guy. Like, you know, I get it. But you caught that team on a bad game. You can't. You can't judge this guy. You know, you can't judge Heineke on what type of quarterback he is based off one game against the Super Bowl champions in an off game. Like, I just don't think you do. I mean, I I would still take Dwayne Haskins right now just because I think he's a better prospect than Mason Rudolph is. I agree, but I think there is a difference between being the best prospect and being the best backup. Oh, no, I look. I don't think that what I'm saying is I don't think those two can be the same thing because if he's your prospect, you need to work with him. Throwing him in as, you know, a guy goes down or, you know, Ben can't play and you have to start someone, I don't know if that's the best situation for him. Because he's like, let's say game three or four, like Ben goes down and can't play two, three weeks. Who would you play that first week? I wouldn't play Dwayne Haskins. That's like just throwing him to the fire. You know what I mean? Like I would throw a guy – that knows has been in that exact situation for an entire season, rely on the defense and just go to work. And but I, I, I hate Mason Rudolph. I, let's get that straight. Like, I think he stinks, but like in that situation of like a backup versus a guy who we're trying to become maybe a, our franchise quarterback, I think it's different. And you want to treat that a little differently, especially when he just got out. of. I, like, I do get what you're saying, but I, I, I think the situation we're talking about is two different things. In a game situation this year, I don't know if I'm putting Dwayne Haskins out there. I agree with you on that. But for next year, because I think we can all agree that Ben isn't coming back. Like, this is How, one if he year. Comes back, if he comes back, I want, I mean, I, I want him to play for free. He needs to play for free. He just has to. There's like no, there would be no possible situation where I could see he could come back and play another year after that. No, I know. I I agree with that. But my point is, I think Dwayne Haskins is a guy, if you're if you don't draft a quarterback this year, he gets first crack at being the starter to win the job for next year to where you don't have to draft a rookie quarterback. Because you can go, hey, look, we got Dwayne Haskins, 25, 26, whatever years old he is, he's finally matured. And this guy fits what we want to do in this offense, and we've got weapons for him. So that was my point about the Dwayne Haskins thing. If we're talking about in a game situation, I'm probably putting Mason Rudolph in purely because Mason Rudolph's the most comfortable with the system at that moment. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. Well, I was talking about the, the future past the end of this year. Well, I, I could also see that. Like, Shit, I would see. Don't don't get me wrong. I would love for the Steelers have already just figured out their next heir apparent. I would love for Dwayne Haskins to be the guy and like lead us to victories. Don't get me wrong. I would love that. That would be so much easier on my stress level, all their stress levels. Like it would just be an easy transition. But there's so much uncertainty with it. Where, I mean, with the extra games this year, maybe the last game of the year. Let's say Ben plays all the games. Shit, maybe you roll it out there. Maybe you roll the dice. You try to see what happens. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's just a lot of work needs to be done. And, for, like, first and foremost, 
what needs to change, it's not the quarterback. It needs to be the O-line. Like, that's what my biggest thing is. And I'll, I'll change topics here and kind of stick with this draft-ish talk, whatever. In this upcoming draft, and we know, like, drafts are, like, pivotal in, like, changing, like, the next three to four years of your organization as a whole. Like, you can find a player or pieces that can, like, you know, bring a defense together, bring an offense, finally get that, you know, continuity together. Who do you think needs to have the most, the best draft class this year? Like, to make that step. My, my answer is the Dolphins. The Dolphins have so much capital in this draft, they need to take advantage if they want to get, take that step. Because they took, they've taken massive steps in the last two years. But Buffalo has too. And they're here, and Dolphins are still like chasing. They're trying to play catch up with what the Bills are doing, which is where I think if they want to be that top dog in the AFC East or battling it out and make it that kind of a division, they have to take full advantage and get everything they can for this draft. Yeah, I think it's really between the Dolphins and in Washington. I think, um, obviously, with the Dak Prescott injury and just how up in the air that that division is, I think them nailing the draft this year, along with the you know great defensive talent that they have and the you know the rising offensive talent that they have, they could really nail that draft. I mean, that's going to set them up to be the powerhouse of that division easily, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, New York might be the the the, the closest team uh, to them in in that regard. You know, the Cowboys are obviously already set up. They just have to figure out, you know, uh, how to <laughs> how to how to go about, you know, getting Dak back, getting him back into that offense, figuring out what's going to work with that team, and and figuring out that defense. I mean, that defense is horrendous. They have to figure that out. But I think. Um, you know, Washington and, and, and the Giants are really the, the the next up for that division. I got a team that might surprise you. Go ahead. Well, I think it's the Green Bay Packers. I think the Green Bay Packers need to hit a home run this draft. The reality of the situation. Like? What, the rea- what, that, what does that you, look like to them? You need another pass catcher. You need to fix the secondary because at the end of the day, their secondary got torched in the NFC Championship game. Your offensive, they need to tweak some things on the offensive line so they could probably use another interior guy because they lost Corey Lindsley in free agency. They need a pass catcher on the outside to help Devontae Adams. They didn't address it in free agency. And the reality of the situation is, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, Aaron Rodgers, the, the window with Aaron Rodgers is very limited. Like, we could be talking this time next year, Aaron Rodgers is on another team. So, with this group, the way it is right now, it is young enough that if you put another draft class, really good, strong draft class together, maybe you win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. If not, you have a team that is really built for the next era, which may be Jordan Love. But I think they really got to hit it. They really have to, because if they don't and they miss – Not only are you set up to not win this year with Aaron Rodgers, but you're not set up for success down the road. And I think that, at the end of the day, has to be the thinking of the Packers. You have to hit a home run this draft. If you don't, 
you're setting the franchise back because Devontae Adams will only get older. And we already know Mark's playmaker, yes, but you've got question marks behind Devontae Adams. You have Aaron Jones, yes, he's young. You have A.J. Dillon, yes, but there's age on the offensive line. There's age in that defense. Your window closes very quickly the minute you lose Aaron Rodgers because of an unknown in Jordan Love. So they have to hit a home run because their window is almost closed. Yeah. I will. Now, do you think, are you saying you think Jordan Love will have success? I think Jordan Love is the type of quarterback he needs the pieces around him to be good. I don't, I, watching him at Utah State, he was never going to be the quarterback. And it's such a cliche. He's, he doesn't elevate the talent around him, but he's a playmaker when he has talent. If you have, Solid pass catchers around him. You have a good offensive line and a decent run game. I think Jordan Love can be successful. But I think if he goes, if he's playing with a talent-depleted roster, I don't think he's going to be very successful. And then the Packers are going to go into the draft to have to draft another quarterback. And that's the last thing they can afford to do is to go and do that because they have so many holes on that team. So for Jordan Love to have success, I think he's going to need the best team around him, and I don't think the Packer team right now is the best around him. It's the best around Aaron Rodgers because he can elevate that talent. He has taken some lesser receivers and made them spectacular. I don't think Jordan Love will do that. Mm. Mm. Who's your team? Uh, I, I said the Dolphins. I started off. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I think that those are the teams that they've had success and they've taken the right steps. But those are also the teams that one bad year can just set you back another five. Like, it, it, you can fall right back to where you were. And I think that's a scary part for them. And, like, I think he's – I think what he's done is he's had – Brian Flores has created a safety blanket with that defense where – Shit, if the offense isn't playing well, we're at least going to be in contention with this defense that's on the field. I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Now, like, for him, like, it may not be so much, like, I think the draft needs to be a big, important aspect of what they go into this year with, but Tua's got to take that step. He's got – and it sucks to say that with how, like, quarterbacks are this like nowadays, but, like, like, you know, he's only had one year, but it wasn't – it wasn't great. There were great moments, but it wasn't all together. I think he needs to put a, a, sol- a couple of solid games together for people to buy back in on him, like fully. Like I'm, I still think too is like great. I think he's an awesome player. You'd be stupid not to play him as your starting guy and move forward. Like I, I mean, why not put all your chips on him? Like he's probably the best guy you got, you know. So I just think like those are the types of teams that need to like make sure they stay at the top, stay in that contention. Like, I mean, look at Buffalo last year. They didn't make the most moves in the draft, but they got Stephon Diggs. That's a huge move. That's massive. And that paid out for them. And they went for the end of the year before. You know, hopefully they go, you know, if the Steelers can't, obviously I'd root for the Bills. And it's like, you know, I hope they go even further. So, I just think those are like the types of teams that they need to make sure that their draft is, they know what they want. 
and they have every scenario. Because right now they have they have they they have all the cards. They got all every all the capital. They have everything to work with more than any anybody. So they got a lot to do. David, I was going to say I agree with your 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 Packers uh, uh, Packers choice. But more for the fact that I think they need to, to please their starting quarterback. <laughs> like, I mean, you've done nothing in the last, you know, whenever it says Devontae Adams got drafted to really help this guy. So, you know, you, you they they definitely need to be, be wary of that and just, just get that man some help or something. Yeah, and, and that's why – this draft, I think, for the Packers is as much about the present as it is the future. Because we know that the expiration date is coming with Aaron Rodgers. We don't exactly know when that is, what what that's going to look like, but we know that the expiration date is coming. So you have to have a draft that not only fixes the present, but also the future. And I would make the argument being a Raven fan, it's just as important for the Ravens because you're about to pay Lamar Jackson. So you lose the flexibility of having a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. I'd say the same thing about the Bills and the Browns. You need to get a really talented draft class because the minute you sign that rookie quarterback, you hinder your free agent options. Like You're not going to be able to replenish as much in free agency as you will have to do in the draft. So you have to hit a home run this draft class before you go to pay the rookie quarterback. But the Packers are the clear evident one for me. Mm, I agree. I agree. Now, what time is you said come on? He's coming on at 8 Eastern. So in the next couple minutes, I think we'll we'll hear from him. To do his, uh, and we need, uh, we'll we'll set that up when he when he comes on. Why exactly he's coming on? Because I don't think we set it. Uh, why he's <laughs> he's coming on this podcast? Well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that topic. But well, I guess we'll just let that happen whenever we get to it. Yeah. So um, I will, I guess we only have about ten minutes left here, so I'll get into this kind of. Weird hypothetical, I'll ask it for you. Would you rather, if you were to pick careers, right? And this feels like a no-brainer to me. Would you rather have the career of what Calvin Johnson had or Julian Edelman? Because I saw someone tweet that out. I think it was like Bleach Report, like football. And I'm just curious what you guys would say. What career path would you rather have had? I mean, Edelman got to play longer and won a championship. So, you know, I wasn't the best player, but, like, I got the experience with it's like to win, you know, the, the, the biggest award in this sport. And I got to play, you know, not, you know, longer than five seasons. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, oof. Uh, I think... As crazy as it is, I might take Calvin Johnson's career. Like, if I'm going to play, and I'm going to play at a top level, I would rather be remembered for being one of the best at my position, if that makes sense, than to be an okay guy. Yes, I have the rings. The rings are nice. It it validates you. Um, But 
I kind of think if it, depending on what I want my legacy to be, I would want to be the guy remembered as the guy that was one of the most dominant. And I'll make this caveat at the same time, got to leave on his own terms. I think as much as Julian Edelman made it look like he left on his own terms, he did. I I don't think he was. I think if he tried to play this year, I don't think he would have made the Patriots. In all honesty, I really don't. The way his body is taken a beating, I don't think he'd have played and he'd have probably gotten cut. So did he go out on his own terms? Maybe. But I think Calvin Johnson, to a large extent, went out on his terms. So if I'm hit, if I'm thinking that way i would rather have done the calvin johnson i was one of the best at my position yeah i know i didn't win anything but i got to leave on my own terms and that i'll take at the end of the day okay i i see it's weird i i originally was with you dave but i switched and i was like yeah but like edelman like made a brand for himself you know got like definitely more sponsors wasn't as good, didn't have half the career, made more money for sure, and got a bunch of rings. I might go with that. And he got to play with the best quarterback of all time. Like, that's just got to be cool. Like, I just think, like, Calvin Johnson, you make the best point where you say, you get to say confidently that you were one of the best players to ever play that position in the history of football. But, like, ultimately, like, does, is that enough for you? You know, it was enough for him, clearly, because he walked away. And, you know, he could have went a billion different teams if he wanted to. He didn't have to resign. But, and he, you know, he walked away when he wanted to. But it's like, I just think about that. Like, Edelman, you know, didn't have those numbers. But, like, he has everything else that you could want and be set up forever. And not that Calvin Johnson isn't. I'm sure he's fine financially. Probably not going to be hurting for money. But it's like those things, I think, matter. And I think, like, those rings do a lot because of, especially because of some of the impacts he had on those championships. Like, in that Falcons game, if he doesn't make that catch however he does, they don't win that game. And, like, you can hang your hat on that. And then even, this, like, the Seattle game, like, he made some amazing plays. Some of those playoff stretches, like, when it counted, he was, like, if you were to rank, like, playoff wide receivers just off playoffs, he'd probably be in the top ten for that. Just off, like, what he did. So, I, I feel like that needs to be, like, considered. But I, I at first glance, I was with the Calvin Johnson take. But I think I, I am kind of with Edelman's spot. But I will say, mm-hmm. as a caveat, Julian Edelman will never get in the Hall of Fame. If you're Calvin Johnson, Uh, you're going in the Hall of Fame. He may when he dies. He may be like that old dude when they die. They just throw a guy in. What, like a a pity pity Hall of Fame thing? Like, oh, Julian Edelman dies. Yeah, we'll put him in. Now we'll put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, like, look at, like, some of the, like, the the Steelers had one, like, their recruiter who drafted all the the 70s teams. Uh, Bill. Gil uh, Brandt. No, I don't think that's right. None? None? I'm butchering it. I apologize if anyone from this family somehow hears this. I, I sincerely apologize. But he passed away, like, a while ago, and 
you know, he should have been in the Hall of Fame years ago for what he did for drafting. And he finally just got in. They always pick someone that I think who's like passed away. I think that's that's like something they do. Like someone who's like way older that like or hasn't made it this far and should have been like a long time ago. That's what I'm saying. Like Edelman would fit that build like fifty years from now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I don't know if this is on your rundown. Uh, you said is running a little late, so we'll. I have this question I want to ask you guys. Have you seen what's happened with the Super League over in Europe? So yeah. that was on my topic. Okay, was I was going to say. Topic. My last topic is, and I'm stealing this from PMT, let's talk some soccer. Let's talk a little soccer. Um, I know nothing about it. My friends have been gambling it religiously, and I probably will this weekend. Because I'll be I'll be there with them all, and I'll just follow suit. Like tell me what I need to bet, and I'll place a bet. But and I wish it's one of those sports that like seems very fun to watch, but I just have never given it a solid chance except for the Olympics. And I do apologize for that because I do know it's a great sport, but like I just couldn't give two shits about it. Like literally, you could not you couldn't pay me enough to like care about it right now. But, yeah, that whole thing. Like, imagine, for those of you who don't know, what was it, the Premier League? The best teams in Europe. The top, I don't know how many teams it was. Whoa. Was it six, 12? The top teams, with the, basically, I don't even know if they are the top, top. The teams with the most money, the actual most money to spend, we're going to branch out and literally just say, fuck everybody else, we're going to do our own thing now, and we're going to make a Super League. They called it, like, what is it? They called it literally the Super League, right? What a Your terrible piece. name. That is like the dumbest shit I've ever heard. So they did that. The players were like, okay, this is kind of weird. Let's hear about it. They're all for it. And then I think they heard that each season they were only given a cap. Each team would be given a cap of $400 million. And I think the players all heard the word cap. And they were like, nah, fuck this. We ain't doing this. Nope. 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 Mm-mm. Like, Neymar and Ronaldo are like, yo, I'm due like $400 million over the next like three years. So how do you riddle me? You're going to pay me that and pay all these guys. I ain't doing that. I ain't taking a pay cut for these guys. Like, you know, so they all backed out. I think it's already over, right? They already ended it. They killed it, right? It's over, yeah. It, I, it's on pause. I know that much. Because, um, like, Chelsea pulled out. I was reading this morning. The Chelsea was like, yeah, uh, we're not doing this. I mean, I don't know about you guys. And again, like you, Peyton, not a big soccer guy, but like the reaction, I think it was Sunday. You'd have thought Europe was burning down. The way they, I think the way, they tried to burn it down. I think they tried to burn it down. The reaction was so strong. And it was, I mean, I can under, I understood why the reaction was that way after the way it was explained to me in, in, in a sense that made sense and that it would be like you took the Patriots, the Steelers, like you took, yeah, you took the top teams, the most notable teams, pulled them out of the NFL and they went and did their own thing. And then what was left in those leagues is just the teams that remain, which I got, I mean, but in the same token, you'd want to see, Ronaldo playing Messi as 
many because you you want best on best. If I'm not, but I think at the end of the day, Europe just is it, 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 like they live and die more than we do in the United States with their teams. Like it is religion to them when Arsenal is playing Saturday. What is it? Well, it's Saturday mornings here it would probably be like eight o'clock over there. Like it is religion to those people. So I I, I get why. Europe almost burned down, but it's, I don't know about you guys. It was funny. Yeah, I think also someone did make an actual interesting point where that could work is why doesn't like the SEC or like the NCAA, some of those teams do it and just say, wait a minute, all these TV deals, they don't do this for you guys. They do this for us. And then, like, you know, Nick Saban, they were like, yeah, wait a minute. We don't need you guys to police us. We CBS already said they don't care a shit about you guys. They'll just move on with us. So, like, and I've always thought that. Like, no one governs NCAA. They're not, like, they have actual, they just give them power to, like, follow the rules or whatever and be applicable. But, like, why, what could, like, you know, you might break some rules and contracts, but, like, if you were able to secure and guarantee like NBC Sports would take on your contract that you get all the TV rights and all that. So you don't need the NCAA for that. You don't need the ESPN for that. You don't need any of these people. It's just you and, you know, those things. Wouldn't it be interesting if like Clemson and all them were just like, yeah, fuck it. We don't need you guys to like ruin our fun and like screw us over. They'd probably have to rebrand and I would assume that they wouldn't lose too much money, but some pockets. How much would they be would? How, yeah, but how much they would make in like years to come? You'd be literally cutting out the middleman and taking all the money for yourself. That's given it's a success. Again, yeah, but it's like you think about you get Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, USC, those teams, right? You pick like those spots. Ohio State too. We'll throw them in there. Right. You already you automatically have that many fans just on your side. Cause they've all probably been wronged by the NCAA at some point. And they're probably like, you know what? Yeah. Like fuck these guys. Now I'm Notre Dame. I can go out and pay and spend the money that we have here and go get those Alabama guys. I can pay them money. You know, it like gets rid of that whole argument. Like I think it'd be like, you know, it's a super tough line. It's like unrealistic, but it's just interesting to think about, like, could that work for someone like them? I mean, it's a good question. Um, I I just think that they would lose. I think just the fact that they lose money initially would be a lot for somebody to, for somebody, especially like one of the top guys to get over because yeah. no rich people ever want to lose money. Let's let's be real. You know, they never want to lose in, any money. So you have to ask yourself, is it worth me losing You know, this little bit of money now? And if this is a huge success, I get all this money back. Is it going to be a huge success? Do I'm not too familiar on what the NCAA provides you know, those, those top schools. Like, is it enough? Like, will they end up needing the NCAA? Like, what's going to happen? 
obviously you're going to have to rebrand because the NCAA owns you know, those. Uh, you know, they own the 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 like the logos and stuff like that, right? Or is that like a school? That's that's, that's got to be a school NCAA. thing. Is it a school thing or is it is it an they, NCAA? Thing? They they truly don't own much. Yeah, the, the schools own own the licensing. Like to give you an idea, and this is where working in the in in the one of the businesses I do to buy college helmets for autographs, you don't actually go through Riddell. You go through the school, like Notre Dame. You cannot purchase Notre Dame helmets through Riddell or Shut. You actually have to go to Notre Dame. So the majority of the schools own their own imaging and licensing. And, and I heard you guys talking about the, 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 the NCAA creating the Super League and all this. You don't have to. You know how you do it? You expand the college football playoff. And don't tell me that that isn't going ooh, to bring. Ooh, like that's, You're right. You're right. I like what you're saying. Go, that, that, makes, words. that makes the Super Leagues. Like, or that was, you threaten to make a Super League, and then they expand the college football playoff as a threat. Like, <laughs> to give you an idea, as Yusei Koshal joins us, and I'll get Yusei's thoughts on this in a moment, but you make the college football playoff 16 teams, you've just created the Super League. Like, you get yes. USC's, you get Texas, you get all the big programs in that would would go and create their own Super Leagues, you do in a college football playoff if you expand it to 16 teams. So you said is just joining us. We're talking about the Super League and European soccer, which led to a conversation about the NCAA creating a Super League. You said, I'm of the belief you can create simply by expanding the college football playoff. How do you feel about that? And welcome in, by the way. Yeah, uh, sorry for being late. Obviously, I got stuck in traffic, but here's the thing, right? Number one, I'm one of those people who firmly believes that the college football playoff needs to be whatever, eight to ten eight to ten teams or something, or even 16 teams to make it, like, more interesting because, like, we just got done with March Madness. And how fun was March Madness? Now, imagine how much more fun college football would be if we didn't only have four teams. And the the only the, – here's the thing. The only issue and downside I see with this whole thing is that it's just like – would you with the Super League, right? It was going to be like the same teams in Europe, like, you know, all the top clubs, right? But like, would if that was, is it that how the college football playoff is as well with the four teams, just in terms of like the same four teams? Now, my question is this, right? Is like, how would the seating and everything work if we did expand to like whatever, eight or 16 teams? Because I really would get damn tired, dude, of seeing like Alabama versus Clemson, like in there every single year. Now, granted, those two teams would make it anyway, but still, I'm all for the idea. It's just a matter of you can't have the seating be totally effed up to the point where you're pretty much giving your top schools and your top teams the advantage every single year. And that's really what it is. Well, to be, Dave rephrased it a little weird. I didn't mean the NCAA. Maybe you misunderstand me, Dave. I'm saying Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. They just say, fuck the NCAA. You guys suck. And take money that you that we earn, and I don't want to give you any more money. We're just gonna pocket that shit. We're gonna go do our own shit, and they'll be like, "Oh, really? How are you gonna do that?" Well, me and Dab have been talking. He said he's in. Day said he's in. USC said they're in. Texas said they're in. What are you gonna do without them? 
Oh, and Notre Dame, the hierarchy that puts them on a pedestal, they're in. So what are you guys going to do? We got NBC Sports. We got all these other things. Like, assuming they get, like, they get, they would have to do, like, to do this, you would need to go behind so many backdoor channels to get these deals done and break out of those, like, contracts. But, like, think about that. Like, they do their own shit. That's what me and Brandon were saying. Like, you'd take a hit, like, the first probably couple years because you probably have to pay something out on contracts. But, like, eventually, like, what ESPN would love to probably work with, like, them directly and not have to deal with NCAA. Like, why I, would I, you – like, you literally get rid of the problem that everyone universally hates, and it's just you guys now. And you can do what you want. You can I do whatever it. you want. And you can release it, obviously, a little bit, but, like, not, like, to what they do. I Look, I get what you're saying. I still think you can do the Super League within the NCAA because you already have it, essentially. Like, Brandon is saying, like you said, saying, you have the same teams are winning every year. And it's the same thing in European soccer. You have the majority. It's the same team, the Cubs. You have it already in place. You expanded to 16 teams. You have your own Super League because we know the USC's are going to get in. The Texas's and all those would get in in the Super Leagues. You don't have to go off and make your own thing. I mean, I'm sorry, we're not putting Missouri in a 16-team college football playoff unless Missouri is unbeaten. It just isn't happening. So your so, Super League is already there. So what I'll say is this, right? And I don't like, I watch Premier League. I have not followed the Premier League in a couple of years. I did watch it, you know, more so a couple of years ago when I actually had time to. But like, what I'll say is this, is I think like the tournament idea is great because the way the Premier League sets it up is it's like you have whatever, a certain number of teams at the top that like qualify for an act. They play a regular season, a certain number of teams at the top, like qualify for the tournament. And then the like bottom feeders are basically relegated to a lesser league. Now I think that this format would work damn well for the NCAA because let's just say like you go into the year, right? And you have whatever your top six, top eight, your top 16 teams, like at the very top, but then, so that's just your like college football super league. And then like, you know, depending on what happens with like the last, whatever, four teams, if they finish with like a sub 500 record or something, then you go ahead and you're like, all right, you know what? Screw that. Like we're, relegating you guys and then like whatever the next four up which would be like whatever teams 17 to like 21 they get an opportunity to like go ahead and move up into like that 12 to 16 range and like join the super league for like the following season or just join the tournament you know i think like that's a format that would work because now you're like opening up competition at the bottom and we know college football like anything can happen Yeah, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if like college football would benefit from a play-in tournament style like sort of what the NBA is doing even though I don't fully agree with the uh the NBA's play-in tournament rules, but I think it would at least help the college football playoffs maybe maybe become more diverse. I mean, and that's one big point of debate for me. It's just like, why do people watch? Like, people basically complain about the format of the college football playoff. And it's just like, why do you watch it? I mean, do you watch it because, like, you're a football fan? Do you watch it because, like, you write for 
a specific NFL team and you're just trying to get a read on players for draft season, do you watch it just because like your school is in there or you just watch it for pure entertainment? And a lot of people just straight up like watch it for pure entertainment, you know, and there's it's, it's just like here's the thing like. My brothers play Madden. I have not played freaking Madden in probably three or four years at this point, just because the game's like lost in appeal for me, the older I've gotten. And more so what is, it's just like, that's kind of how the college football playoff is. Like, yeah, I'm going to tune in, but when you have Notre Dame playing Alabama in the early slot, well, I'm probably just going to fall asleep and turn the game off. The reason being, because I know Alabama is going to win the game anyway. Right. Whereas if there was another team that was in there, I don't know, say like freaking BYU, let's say, for example. I mean, I'm just throwing things on the wall at this point. Like with Zach Wilson's emergence, it would have been a lot more interesting. But then you have like the Clemson versus Ohio State. Like that was hands down the most interesting game. And then it's like you get to the national championship and it's like Alabama just trounces Ohio. And the guy getting all the, you know, cameras on him is freaking mac jones when mac jones really didn't do squat in that game justin fields was still the best player but overall it's just like you got to diversify the competition but you can't diversify the competition if you're not willing to like change the format and it's kind of the same thing with this like super league you know and i think that's another thing with the ncaa is they're just afraid to like gamble and try on something new because they realize hey whatever's bringing in ratings that's what we're going to continue to stick to all right well we're gonna wrap up this podcast there's a reason that we brought on our guy, Yusei Koshul. Let me give the proper introduction before we get to this, because I've been looking forward to this for two weeks. And he is, admittedly, I, I will say you have been very game for this. I'm very happy for that. I appreciate it. He covers the Bears for Bears Report, a part of 24-7 Sports. He's a contributor to the Windy City website. He hosts numerous podcasts, Picks for Pace on Blue Wire Podcast and the Barely Hibernating Podcast. Today, our friend, you said, Koshal, you said, I, 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 we have you at the end of the pod, so the embarrassment is only five minutes and then you can get out of here. But let, let's, let's talk about it here, and I'll set the stage and then I'll ask you. You finished last in our bracket challenge. As it was, was not, Yeah, no, as was... Let me just say that I know that was pretty damn embarrassing. It's funny because I was actually out for my 5 a.m. run, which I do a couple times a week. Just humble before brag. I humble brag. <laughs> yeah, humble brag. I'm sorry for making you feel lazy, man. But anyway, I was out for my 5 a.m. run and Dave texted me and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you came last. You know what that means? And immediately I'm in my shorts and stuff, my T-shirt, got my AirPods in. And I'm like, all right, dude, like, let's just go ahead and do it. Because I realized, like, people bet, dude, on NCAA and stuff all the time. And it's just like, yo, betting money's so damn common. It's gotten, like, super goddamn boring. Like, I'll be the guy who just give me a freaking fun wager every damn time. Like, that's just me overall, you know, let's do something fun instead of like just a boring, oh, well, let's bet 20 bucks or something, you know, and you're actually, I had so many requests, like join our pool this year. I did two this year, dude, yours and with someone else and someone else was like, let's do a wager. And I'm like, yeah, not really a wager person. But then cause you're like a damn good friend, Dave. I was like, you know, I'm doing Dave's cause <laughs> we still have a thumb war competition that's that we right. need to get out of the that's way. That's right. We do have that. We'll, we'll table that for another time. But so you said finish last in our bracket challenge, and it wasn't really close. I'm, I'm trying not to be a dick about it, but it really wasn't close. Brandon escapes punishment. I still think we need to revisit this, Peyton, because he dodged being in the bracket challenge. We'll, we will revisit that.
When you said you said you you did finish last, and because you're a Bear fan, the punishment that we came up with was you have to put your Jim Nance hat on, and you have to redo the play-by-play for us of one of the most painful moments in Bears history. And we had some to choose from, but we went with the double doink. And Cody Parkey, who is probably your least favorite person. Oh, wait, do you not know this? Oh, no, I know. Okay. Okay, I know this. I've known this for weeks. And let me just put in a huge damn disclaimer. For me personally, man, like, I'm a Bears writer first, and then I'm a fan. So for me, like, I could give a damn dude about cody parkey all right as a writer like i don't all right all right now we gotta change it now no 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 no. here's the thing i don't no 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 peyton we agreed to this all right so this was actually dave's pool and not yours we agreed to this so we're gonna what do you care about tell me but but here's the thing all right i'll say this about parkey like you want to you want to blame him for that yeah sure because he signed a big free agent contract that offseason which was like one of the biggest deals for a kicker that offseason. But overall, dude, you look at and you realize, like, your offense was completely stagnant that game, and you can't rely on a guy who missed, like, 11 field goals or something to win you the damn game. So you put the game in his hands, and you got fairly compensated. It's the state of the damn Bears franchise. So I, I have to ask before we before we do this, how many times did you watch the clip in preparation to have to call this live on the podcast? See, now I put my own spin on it because I was like, I'm not going to be like Jeff Joniak or Chris Collinsworth or Al Michaels. I'm not going to copy them because people are so tired of it. I'm just going to do impromptu. I didn't even practice at all. I was just like, screw this. I'm going on open kickoff. I'm going on Dave's pod. I'm doing everything myself. So everything you're going to hear is going to be 100% generic. All right. Do you have, are you, are you set? Like, do you have the video up so you can do it as, as, no, nah, I don't have need the video a minute up, to get man. set up. I don't have the video set up. I just say let's go ahead and do it because after the what happened is this, right? Is that off season I went back and I watched like a lot of Bears film just with NFL Game Pass and kind of Double Doink was one of the ones you watched because that game just wasn't double doink. For me it was more so of like where did the Bears kind of go wrong? Which feeds into like, you know, only fifteen points on offense. So like that's ultimately what it was, man. For me, like, so I've seen the clip so many times to the point where I'm actually like, I don't even care that he missed that anymore because it's just like, there's one special story in the NFL every single year. And that special story comes to a screeching halt. And you know, this as a Ravens fan, the Ravens were the number one seed heading into 2019. And then the Titans punched them in the mouth. But then the Titans own special story was kind of put to a halt. And that storybook ended because of the Chiefs. All right. Peyton, are we ready for this? I'm all ears. All right. You said, take it away. Cody Parkey, 41-yarder, the game on the line. Take it over for us. And the waiting moments here. Welcome back to Soldier Field. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson just called a timeout to ice the Bears. The Bears, their season's on the line. A legendary 2018 season led by a 12-4 defense. Comparable to what a lot of folks say is the 85 Bears defense. More legends in this town, but out comes Cody Parkey. And, you know, he's been about 9 for 12 this year on field goals from 43 yards or more and has missed about 11 extra points. There was a point in the season where Parkey was actually 
kicking from Soldier Field, and then helicopters caught the video footage. But then the Bears just totally censored it. And you've got your long snapper in Patrick Scales and your holder in Pat O'Donnell, a trio that's been pretty good all season long. But out steps Parkey. Here he goes. He snaps the ball, and boom, it's a double doink. The Bears' magical 2018 season that they thought was going to take them to the Super Bowl, really a surprise this year, is going to end on Parkey's right foot and a double doink. And that'll do it from Soldier Field. The Eagles come out running onto the field with just four seconds remaining. But this is going to do it for the Bears. They haven't won a playoff game in a decade. They still talk about 85 in this town about three decades later, but the Bears are going to have to wait another year. And much like their counterparts, the Chicago Cubs on the north side, any Bears fan will tell you there's always next year. Hey, you know what? I'll I'll give it to you. I'm also not as happy as I thought I'd be because... That was way more easy for you. <laughs> you know, we, we needed it. We needed something. But you know what? I give you props. I like the digs at Chicago and, and the fan base. Oh, there's always next year. I give you props for that, you said. Thank you for for that. I, I give you props. We, we may have to come up with something better for next year, which we will because we'll do this again next year. But that was good <laughs> for what you had to do. So well, in, next year – I'm going to give my way to early 2022 predictions before we jump on out of this thing. But I'm going to say next year, some way, somehow, Brandon's going to be in last place. Whoa. Maybe. Whoa. <laughs> I don't do bragging. Oh. Uh, well, that's why you'll bragging. be good at it. That's what be good at it. I don't do brackets, man. That's not me. I don't watch oh. nearly enough college basketball. I watch, like, exactly. three players that I like in the draft, and that's about it. <sighs> To be fair, I was going to propose if Dave got last place that he had to do the Antonio Brown touchdown on Christmas oh, yeah. in, its, in its entirety. <laughs> you just heard me. I, I wouldn't have skipped. I wouldn't have skipped. But I'd have probably done what you said, didn't try to have fun with it as much as possible. But bravo, you said. It takes a lot for people to want to come on and face the music. So thank you for wanting to come on. And and we may have to have you on again here soon to actually talk some sports, along with punishment and talking about Cody Parkey. <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. Yo, thanks for having me on. I'm going to hop on out of this thing because my mom is texting me for whatever unapparent reason. It's actually my dad's birthday today, so I'm pretty sure I have to go to the store. <laughs> happy to, like, take birthday. Cake. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Kate. Happy I'll birthday. Tell him, happy oh, birthday. He's 51 today, dude, so uh, another big milestone, you know. But I'm going to get out of here. I will catch you all later, man. Say, you said go show you and find him on social media. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks again for having me on, boss. All right, Peyton, I think you well, can take us out of here. Well, I think it was, uh, I think we did a decent job. I think uh, my rundown for what the week was, I think it was okay. Rate my podcast. <laughs> Are you asking us to rate it or the listeners at home? Both. I'd get I'd say eight and a half out of ten. I'd say very good job. Uh, but I'm I'm very critical of myself. So like I've we've done great pods, but I've never been like, oh, that was perfect. We did everything right. But it this was a very good, very solid, and free flowing. So I'll give you an eight and a half, Peyton. Okay. Yeah, Brandon. Yeah. 
I, I would have to go along those same lines. I say eight and a half, and I'll bump it up to a nine just because you gave me an extra minute in the intro. Oh, what? That's right. That's because right. <laughs> you respected the host. You respected the game. See, Dave? It's all about I'm respect. Taking, I'm, ta- I'm taking notes here. I'm taking notes here. Remember this. You can take all the back. notes you want. Take all the notes you want, and make sure you write in that description, Dave spoke out of turn so he didn't get a big intro. Mm. Put that on your timestamp. Mm. Mm. Can can I mention what's coming up on the yes. next pod, and then we get out of here? Yes. All right. We will all be back. We're doing an. We're here's how this is going to work. We're doing an abbreviated Sunday. We tape the two hour mock draft special that we do every year. Two rounds this year. The three of us will be hosts. We have our teams all already picked. Coach Miller, Coach Hoppy, Coach Gina will join us as well. And our buddy KP and Todd Michelson will be with us as well. And we'll pick for the first two rounds of the NFL draft. We'll be back the following week. We'll recap the NFL draft, everything that went down. Then we're off midweek. Guys, the B team is back. And they will do a show. They will They're do a show. The B team, by the way, they will not be getting a name change anywhere yeah. close. So if you hear any different name change, it's not true. It's just not. It's fake. It's fake. So you'll hear you'll hear the B the B team, and we'll have that all laid out for you guys as well. So Peyton, wrap it up. I'm good. Have a great week, everybody. Brandon, I'm tired of talking to Danny, man. Just have a good week, everybody. All right, I feel that. Feel all the sentiments. Everyone have a great, blessed week. Enjoy your weekend. We'll catch you guys next week and hope you enjoy the draft recap. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.